This episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast is brought to you by On Point Pomade. Keep your beard and hair looking on point with their line of pomades and beard oils over at onpointpomade.com. Use our code BSP15 at checkout and get 15% off your total purchase order. So thanks again to On Point Pomade for sponsoring our show. This episode is also sponsored by The Bean Bastard Coffee. Head over to TheBeanBastard.com and pick up any one of their delicious hand-roasted coffees. Coffee lovers will also enjoy their hand-cut and handmade espresso candles and soaps as well. If you're in the Buffalo, New York area, head to their store located at 448 Elmwood Avenue. And thanks again to The Bean Bastard for supporting this show. Brutally Speaking Podcast is proudly sponsored by Rockabilia.com. With over 500,000 officially licensed items in their online store, you're guaranteed to find something you need. Use our code BRUTALLY and get 10% off your total purchase order. Now on to the show. People say you have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. This rings true because it's so hard that if you don't, any rational person would give up. It's really hard. And you have to do it over a sustained period of time. So if you don't love it, and if you're not having fun doing it, you're gonna give up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast. I am your host, John, and this episode's guest is Tyler Tate, uh, returning frontman from Hollow Front. Uh, this was a really fun chat. I haven't gotten to have Tyler on in quite a while, uh, even though we've kind of been circling around the idea of doing it. Uh, but finally, with the band kind of getting ready to hit the road with Fit for a King uh, and, you know, just kind of making a name for themselves on the national touring scene, uh, you know, opening that We Came as Romans tour that just went through. Uh, and literally, I think today they are starting the Fit for a King uh, tour in St. Louis, I believe, uh, as I went on recording this. Uh, but this was really interesting. Uh, Tyler and I have run into each other a few times at various shows, and it's one of those where we kind of have these conversations uh, just kind of about uh, finding our way through the industry and kind of finding our way uh, almost at the same time, kind of mirroring each other of sorts, where the band kind of uh, really started making a name for itself uh, with their Still Life EP as well as the actual title track from the EP, Still Life. And it's funny, like, the band was just going through so much change at the time, you know, with uh, some of the band, you know, no longer being in the band, some new members coming in at the time. Uh, and as you'll hear in the chat, Tyler was even like, I was about to be done uh, with Hollow Front and probably music as a whole. And... I wasn't quite necessarily there myself with the podcast, but it was one of those where it was kind of a turning point for me for the podcast where, you know, started kind of branching out, you know, brought Dan along, kind of got ready to change the name. And it's it, there's just so many parallels. And I think the other thing, too, that's interesting about our, our journeys collectively is we're both from here in Grand Rapids. Uh, and I know that may not seem like much of a, a big deal, but it is one of those where there's just kind of this symbiotic relationship, I feel like, between, you know, Hollowfront or I'll more put it on Tyler and I, where it's 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 just interesting to see someone else kind of go through some of the same growing pains and kind of going through uh, some of the same 
I don't want to call them issues, but it is kind of interesting when I know for me, and I'll speak for me, um, I know when this podcast kind of started gaining some popularity and some success, it was one of those things where people I had reached out to before wanted that wanted nothing to do with the show all of a sudden started seeing value uh, in either the show, what I, the connections I had made, whatever. And it was one of those where it kind of was one of my first examples of like a little bit of success. And then you kind of see all these people kind of coming out of, out of the woodwork as it, as it, as it were and kind of wanting things or the thinking they can, you can help them or do something for them. And it's like, I mean, I can't, but also why would I want to help you when you didn't want to support me? And I know that sounds really shitty, but it, it is one of those things that I think was a really interesting learning point for me doing this podcast. Uh, it was something that I've taken and, and applied it to my actual like day-to-day life, which is, you know, you got to pay attention to how people treat you because if they... Because it is one of those things where people will treat you a certain way because they feel like there is a, a perceived value that you have for them. Uh, what can they get off of you? You know, what can they? What can you do for them? You know, as the old adage goes, and it's one of those things for me where uh, kind of being successful in this part of it really opened my eyes to seeing how no one wants to fuck with you when you're, you know, your perception of you is not very high. But when you start gaining some traction and some success. Then all of a sudden, everyone seemingly is like, oh, okay, I see you're doing something. So, like, let me go kind of, like, try to get into that and see if I can't boost myself, my my own worth or whatever. And it's funny. There's a show um, that I used to watch uh, with my wife called uh, Million Dollar Listing. And I forget which one of the characters said this, but there was – actually, no, I take that back. I take that back. It was not a show called Million Dollar Listing. It's a completely different quote that I try to use and apply, uh, and it's expansion in always and always. Uh, that is a Ryan Serhant uh, quote. The quote I'm actually thinking of, I believe, is from Action Bronson. I was watching an Action Bronson uh, Fuck That's Delicious episode, and he makes the comment, uh, your net work is your net worth. And I was like, fuck, that is very... I was right on the fucking money. Um, and I think that applies not only to some of the things that I've endured, uh, in the music business and, and really correlating to the podcast, but, uh, I think more so just kind of life, man. Like I try to surround myself with good people, uh, people who strive to make me want to be a better person, make me want to get up and go do big, awesome shit, uh, whether it be for the podcast or just in my life. Uh, And seeing the success that Tyler and Holofront has had in the time since we last talked has been really, really awesome to see, especially being a band from Grand Rapids. You know, I think one of the last bigger bands to kind of do it from this area uh, in the last couple of years, I would say, and not couple, but in the last few years has been, this isn't a new band by any stretch, but uh, for me would have been like with Law Dispute or Still Remains, you know, those are bands that have, you know, put their stamp on hard rock, rock, whatever, but they, they kind of carried the flag for Grand Rapids. And I think uh, Hollow Front is kind of the next big band to do that. Uh, you know, they don't shy away from the fact that this is where they're from. Uh, so it was really good getting to catch up with Tyler and just kind of pick his brain a little bit and just kind of catch up because uh, sometimes that is the fun thing about doing this podcast is getting to just kind of talk and have a conversation with my friends. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Tyler, and I will see you all on the other side of it. 
sound smart <laughs> well i'm sure you've i'm sure you've used this uh many more times than i have yeah i suppose home court advantage is is a thing uh for this it's so wild i was thinking actually back to when you were in this same room but like how completely different the office is now and my setup is compared to what it was when you were all here last time and just how how fucking everything has changed for both of us uh, in completely different facets. Like, you know, the, the lineup at the, at the time, you know, Dakota was new. You guys said, I think we're getting ready to put out still life. I think you were giving me the, the EP before yeah. it was even coming out and asking me like how I felt about it and all that kind of stuff. And to see, you know, where everything is now, it's just, you know, it's crazy. It's been like, what I think th- three or four years, three years. Yeah. A little bit over, uh, Still life turned three in June. So yeah, I've almost three and a half, three and a half years or so. So yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Where does the time go? I don't know, man. We're old and shit just keeps going faster and faster. I was just thinking, I was like thinking back to a time in 2020. I was like, man, that was, that was two years ago, but fuck, it doesn't feel like two years ago. Well, I feel like that's the, that's the hard part. I feel like, you know, I was doing a chat earlier with uh, Steve from wolves at the gate And it was a thing where, you know, he was talking about having kids and, you know, he had twins and they're five now. And I think he said his uh, newest kid is, I think, still under a year old. But it was as he was talking, he's like, you know, like when we last played shows in 2019, I was like, that's not that. I was like, oh, fuck. No, it's been a hot minute. (laughs) Like in my head, it just seems like since the pandemic, it almost just doesn't seem like that time has existed because everything kind of came to a a standstill that it almost mentally doesn't feel like that even happened. Like that we're still in like 2020 in my head, kind of. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, obviously there wasn't much going on for two years, so it's kind of, we're all catching up. Um, you, uh, how I mean I've I've talked to some people that have toured, but like I haven't really talked to anyone that like I mean that I know locally. But I mean, how was touring for you during this? Because I mean, it really was one of your, I'd say, one of your first bigger opportunities to tour on that level and and play in those rooms. Uh, how was it to kind of get out and kind of experience a lot of first for the band, but in the weird climate we're in, where it's like you know you're in your tight bubbles and all that kind of shit. Uh, it was definitely strange and something that I wasn't used to. And <laughs> like, I, I, we got in trouble a few times, to be honest, uh, with the touring <laughs> package because it's like, you know, you, you're playing this show, you know, first shows, it was our first shows back in two years. And like, we had never toured like on that level, we were touring with like smaller bands doing like, you know, 50 people a night rooms where this is like, you know, a thousand, a thousand people a night and all those people there, a lot of, not everyone was there to see us, but a lot of people that were there to see us and like them wanting to meet us was like, you know, that's my favorite part of playing shows, to be honest. Like I love the show playing, but I, I enjoy like meeting people 
so yeah, that not being able to do that was kind of whack. Uh, couldn't go to the merch table. Um, couldn't hang out in the venue unless you were backstage, but sometimes the venues didn't have a backstage. Uh, so you were kind of stuck in your bus or if, if you're, even if it's warm outside, you can obviously hang out outside. Um, I, I did a lot of my meeting people outside. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I got in trouble one night cause we were in Atlanta and I was out at the merch. I was just checking on the merch guy and, uh, a couple of people came up and I, I have, I don't have the ability to just say fuck off, you know, like, <laughs> because like, it's just not me, especially in that kind of a circumstance, you know, I'm, you know, uh, so I talked to some people and then more people came and then more people came and then more, and then all of a sudden I get a text from we came as Romans being like, yo, like you're, you're not supposed to be out there. And I'm like, fuck. I was like, I was like, I was like, now, now I said, fuck off. Now I'm like, fuck off. I got to go. I got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're costing me my per diem for the next two days. <laughs> yeah. So it was strange. And you know, I, it was, it was, it wasn't just the shows either. It was just like the country as a whole, like nothing's open past nine o'clock. Like, like, unless you're getting, like, um, you know, gas station food. And, you know, if you're lucky, there's a Wawa or Sheets or a Bucky's or any of those kind of, like, you know, or truck stops might have something that's, like, you know, cooked, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that sucked because we'd get, out of the, we'd get out of the show and it'd be like, well, now we're all starving and there's nothing to eat. Um, and, yeah, like, had to wear masks everywhere. Um I mean, it, it, it was crazy because different parts of the country were different. You go to Texas and they're like, we don't wear masks down here, you know, like that kind of shit. Like, it's like they gave us the dirty looks for wearing the mask. And what then did... you go to. Sorry, go ahead. Now, then you go to like, uh, you know, like New York City or, you know, any of those like, you know, northern cities that are just like still kind of, you know, still kind of doing their lockdown thing with, you know, wearing requiring masks and all that kind of stuff. I think that's been the interesting thing of the part of, you know, at least Bridget and I traveling, you know, we've been in the last, you know, two years, you know, we've been to San Antonio, which very much like you said, where it's like pretty much you're not wearing a mask. No one gives a fuck. And you're like, all right, uh, you know, Atlanta, the, I think at this point I've been probably three or four times, uh, in the last two years. And like one time it was like masks everywhere till you like sit down or whatever, this last time I went, it was like, no one seemed to give a shit. Right. And it's, it's, it's tough. Cause I mean, like it was weird, like, you know, going to Buffalo for a tid the season, you know, we went to this dive bar. We always go to the pink and it's like for a, a super local reference, it's like think mulligans, but like you have to show your proof of vaccination to get in. And I'm like to go to fucking this bar. Like, like it's Man. a shithole and I love it, but it's like, yo, like I have to, <laughs> I have to prove my vaccination to get in here. Like, okay. Like it's that just, it's crazy. one of those, like where it's like, you just, you do what you have to do in order to like wherever you are. But it's, mm -hmm. it just kind of, I think showcases just how to me without getting like super political where it's like the way that our country is set up where it's like, you have, the president and then you have the elected officials under that and then like all the way down to your elected officials local like here in like your own city or your own town that it's like you know i remember when the pandemic was like just going and like fourth of july was coming and i think it was the dude over in i think it was whoever in like holland or one of those adjacent cities or towns 
and like their city official was like fuck Whitmer or whatever you know fuck her like probably Grand Haven maybe and and they were like fuck that like we can't afford to lose out on all the the money the the tourism and shit we're fucking staying open like fuck it and it was just like and that's part of the problem like you can't have someone go like i say this and then someone else go fuck you and then like someone else on a smaller scale it was like well no fuck you i agree with the person above you and then you're just in this state of like chaos and it's like i feel like that would be it it has been kind of challenging traveling to to know what we what you're doing and thankfully you know i would say between you guys touring having tour routing tms and all that kind of stuff being able to kind of help guide you through all this as much as they can that was my wife basically like you know getting to vegas and it's like we had all, all of our reservations for everywhere cuz you needed them so it's like we knew where we were going to be when we were eating where we were eating what we were eating and where we needed to be. And it's like, it's kind of weird being on a trip like that. Cause it's very much like being on tour with a, a day sheet where you're like, okay, <laughs> this is where I need to be. And when I need to be there, but it does yeah. allow you to not have that shittiness of like, well, I didn't fucking know I needed this because I'm in somewhere new, <laughs> but it's, it's just challenging. It's a, it's a very weird time. Plus I've said all along, I feel like touring the, the two big aspects that would be the most fun are, getting to hang out with people and traveling around the city if you can, and you can't do either of those things. So it's like really all you get to do is that set that you have and that's it. Yeah. And the traveling around the city is just pretty much not going to happen because unless you're Ubering places, which is just not really in our budget, you know, we're not trying to spend a bunch of money on Ubers and um, you know, we're stuck in the kind of the vicinity of the venue where our, our bus is, you know, we can't, cause it's not like we could just, on our, our bus, we don't have like a regular van. We have like a shuttle bus, so you can't really like unhook it and just drive off. You know, it's just like so. Yeah, it's even it's even harder when you know you get out of a show and you're like, I just played now because you know I don't eat before I play because I don't right. want to be up there like bloated or just feeling like shit. And you get off stage, you're like, all right, I'm hungry, and then you struggle to find food because everything's fucking closed. Um. That shit sucks. Um, I'm hoping that it's a little different on this upcoming tour that we're about to do, but it hasn't been that long, so it probably won't be. I think that's (laughs) been like the crazy thing to me, and that was actually as stupid as this to admit. That was my big realization of the world we live in and how much the pandemic has affected, you know, jobs and and just things not being open was getting out of the bar after I closed and going like, all right, I'm going to go to like, Grand Coney or I'm going to go to this and go get some food real quick. And nothing was open. I had to go to the Meyer gas station and ask for, and it was closed and be like, Hey, can I just get a pizza? Like what? Like just get me like a cheese pizza from in there. And they were about to close like at two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like nothing is open. Like if you work a second or third shift, you are essentially fucked for anything. Yeah. Unless you're a factory worker or something like that. Yeah. So Um. it, that was the thing that put it into perspective for me of just how, how much all of this is uh, af- like affected, you know, local economy and, and just everything in general, as stupid as it I'm, is to say. I'm honestly surprised that Michigan hasn't, I think I, you know, not to be more political, but I think Whitmer got bullied enough to where, because like places like California and those and like New York, they, they reinstated masks, you know, like after they'd taken them, you know, after they'd taken them away, they reinstated them because of Omicron or what Delta or whatever <laughs> yeah. Alpha, Beta, Omega fucking strain or whatever we got going on now. 
Um, I'm just surprised that like we haven't like Michigan once they took the masks off, we haven't been told to put them back on. I mean, businesses ask you to wear them. Yeah, but. yeah, it's very interesting and it's kind of it's it's weird. I uh, I don't know, trying to think of something else to t- to talk about, but like it's it's the unfortunate thing of like that was something that I know you and I had talked about while you were out because I think we we missed each other in Atlanta by like I think a day or two um because i happen to be out there with with bridget and them and and i think you guys were coming like i think either had just gotten there or were getting ready to play uh the masquerade within a couple of days but yeah. i i don't know like it, it's been so weird because like it, it's so funny to think about you know like it, it's hard not to look at life you know as you know almost getting ready to turn 40 thinking about you know the podcast turned five uh late last year you know, we're over 300 episodes. So it's like, there's, there's kind of these milestones and to kind of look back and, you know, getting to talk to some of the same people from, you know, in the early beginnings of this show, excuse me. Um, it's kind of hard not to, to just kind of be a little bit nostalgic and think about things. And, you know, you had made a post uh, the other day on Facebook that I thought was really funny, but it kind of was, uh, I think more of a bigger narrative of just, you know, you were talking about, uh, sort of the attitude kind of 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 people now in the scene or what little bit of a scene there is here and it's kind of funny because it it, i you know i feel like growing up and i know we're not too far removed in age but i feel like you know metal and hardcore was a thing that we all went to to kind of feel this i don't want to say refuge necessarily but to to feel a sense of belonging to you know like to see friends and you knew people in bands and and mm-hmm. you know it was it was a community and i feel like i don't feel like that exists anymore and i don't know if it's because of the lack of quote unquote borders that the internet has allowed us all to explore beyond just our own backyards and create a, a much bigger network and community but i don't feel like there's a sense of community anymore and i feel like what little bit i see of it here locally and when i kind of travel around i i just feel like everyone just shits on everyone else. And I know that's kind of always the way things are. People always shit talk to you behind your back, but it's one of those where I feel like the people who are consistently stuck doing the same shit, it's always everyone else's fault. It's always some, some opportunity that got that fucked them over or whatever they didn't get. And you always hear that. Whereas I feel like the successful people like yourselves kind of just keep your heads down. You pay attention. You actually listen to the people who are in positions that you want to be in. And you did the work. You did it quietly. And I feel like that's a, a thing that I don't know if anyone's really ever expressed to you that like, you know, that's something I've noticed, but I feel like that has been your success is you kind of blocked out everything else and just kind of kept your head down and did the work and let the the music literally speak for itself. Hard for me. I'm I'm the I'm the band member that talks shit back to people on Facebook <laughs> and shit. Um, I yeah, I think that's a struggle for me. Uh, um, I agree with what you're saying about um, shit's different. You know, from like 15, 16 years ago. You know, it was like you showed up at like a like a shitty dive bar, or like a v, VFW or some kind of you know, like and you everyone you, you knew everybody there. You know, and it's like the internet came along. I mean, the internet was here, but it was, you know, it wasn't here to the extent that it is. And it's kind of driven people apart. I think, I feel like people are more anti-social now than ever, even though there's social meeting, they're doing it from behind a a screen, not really, you know, in person. Um, 
I, when I go to local shows, I don't recognize a single person. Maybe it's just I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, it's it's it, and plus I like they don't. I mean, Grand Rapids itself just doesn't have a scene, really. No, like but if, and not not like a local scene, anyways. But I, I it's weird because I I felt like at the time I feel like it was like you guys, Sleepwaker uh seraphim like there was like a handful of like what i'll call buddy bands or brother bands and i feel like you guys all kind of lifted each other up and, and most of you kind of have had you know good success at this point you know getting signed and you know touring and, and putting out good music and all that kind of stuff but it, i i don't know i i feel like it's it's hard because it's like i don't understand why you were able to have and find success and other people who seemingly had the same opportunities couldn't look, <laughs> um, the internet, I- honestly, the internet helped to help too. Like, uh, as much as it's divided a scene, it helped us. Um, you know, we got, we got lucky and we caught the attention of people that, um, had a name in the industry and was able to like guide us like our Ryan our, 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 our wow our manager Ryan Kirby you know um current informer <laughs> yeah he you know he came out of nowhere and was just like introduced us to all these people and I'm not saying that's the only reason but that's a big part you know it, it's who you know um but but it also came we caught his attention by having you know uh decent sounding recordings and like professional looking music videos and that kind of a, you know, atmosphere, um, keeping our head down. Like, I don't know. I've never been like super controversial person. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, and I'm never saying I've never talked shit about a band cause I'm sure I have, but I don't like, I don't trash talk bands anymore. Like I used to, you know, as a, as a younger person, cause I want, cause I, cause now I understand. Um, that no matter what, even if the, I don't like the band, if they're doing what they want to do and they love it, that that's what you should do. You know, not you know, people, all these people shitting on all other bands and trying to act cool. And it's just like, those people are the dudes that are going to keep playing those local shows and keep complaining that they're not getting anywhere because such and such and such has happened to them or this and this and this hasn't happened for them. Why, why are, why aren't we been a band for so long? Why aren't we, why aren't we headlining shows? And it's like, well, maybe it's because you're sitting too much time on the internet bitching about it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was thinking back to our first chat, you know, I, something I had, I remembered asking you, cause at the time you were, you were really nervous about, you know, your kind of more, I'll say more emotional vocal delivery on a song. You're like, it's not all aggressive. Like there's kind of singing for me. <laughs> I think right. it's how you labeled yeah, yeah, it at yeah. the time. And, you know, I remember telling you like, you know, I think this is where growth happens. Like, you know, stretching outside of what you're comfortable doing and finding more of your voice and finding more comfort, comfortability in the uneasiness of like, I, this makes me feel uncomfortable, but I'm, I'm really proud of it. Cause I, I, I had to go and grow beyond what I know and what I do my comfort zone. And I feel like at the time you were so worried about how everyone was going to react to it. And I feel like that was such a, such a pivotal moment for the band. Like, I feel like that literally was a turning point for the band to 
get more recognition, more eyes, more ears on the project and on the band. I haven't really talked to you since to ask this, but like, what has that song meant to you looking back on it now? Like, is it funny to you how worried you were about it then compared to like what you're doing and what you've done since as far as like vocally and sound wise with the band? It's not surprising. Cause I literally worry about everything. I'm an anxious <laughs> person. Um, but at the time it was a weird time for hollow from because I mean, I, like Dakota had just joined Brandon had just joined Cody was still in the band. He's not in the band anymore. Um, it was, it was kind of still life to me. was kind of like a last ditch effort. I was kind of like, I was starting to feel like I wasn't like I was going to be over, like the band was going to be over because I was just kind of over, I was just kind of over, you know, struggling. And then like still life was that, like that pick me up. Um, that song means a lot to me just because not only is it like our most, viewed video um it's pretty high up on our spotify like it's not just that it's like that song actually saved the band because of its you know almost immediate attention whereas like before like i was worried because like had all these new members i didn't know what we were gonna do i was worried that it wasn't heavy enough anymore because i don't i don't know why i was worrying like that (laughs) just what i was because it was so much different than our previous ep and then obviously, yeah, like the new stuff now is like completely different. Even from, I feel like even from still life, it's got, you know, Dakota singing in it and it's got, you know, every band member has got their own thing going now. Um, you know, with Devin Lee, because Lee's now in the band. Lee wasn't in the band when, you know, uh, last time we were at, hanging out with you. Um, but yeah, like uh, that song was kind of like that stepping stone to get us in front of those eyes that we, that needed to see us. Like I'm sure Ryan and them, like that, that's how they first heard of us. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a, it was a, it was a very, it was a gamble worth taking and it worked out even though I was like nervous about it. Well, I think like that was kind of, it's funny. Cause like, and again, like I always, I talk about this now and I feel like it, it's become sort of like the, Oh, here we go. Like we're talking about this, but like, you know, going through therapy, it's funny to get some of these tools where you you the old way of how you think about yourself, about how you talk, speak, deal with life things. You know, you you want change and you're you're just afraid of the change. And then you kind of get some of these tools to kind of work through your, your issues or whatever. And it unlocks this this kind of freedom in you where you're like, Oh my God, like I feel, I feel like I can do anything. Like I now have the keys to like do this. And like, I don't know why I was so afraid of, of, you know, kind of confronting myself or confronting these things and, and kind of growing as a person. But it's, it's funny to kind of think about, you know, lyrically, I remember like there was a lot of shit you were going through at the time. And to me, I think, I think in metal, it's so funny because like some of the biggest songs that like everyone knows and listens to like end of heartache, Rosa Sharon, like, you know, those are about overcoming like just sad shit and finding mm-hmm. solace and, and finding the ability to work through it and, and knowing that like, it's going to be okay. Like when you get to the other side of it and it's, it's kind of almost like it gave you permission or you gave yourself permission, I guess, to kind of, talk about some real shit and kind of do it in a way that like fit with what you, the message you were trying to convey lyrically and musically. But once you did that, it, it kind of gave you that new key, that new tool to 
go further and kind of be more open and I think more honest with with yourself and with those who are going to listen. And I think that's where I think that's where the success of any band comes in is when you finally are able to kind of break down that barrier and it's not a it's vague and it, it, I speak in metaphors. So I'm, I kind of hide behind shit and it could be about anything. And no, be more direct. Kind of talk about the real shit that people are going through. Cause that's what will connect people to what you're doing and the art you're creating because we're more similar than we are not. And I think that we forget that a lot of times. I mean, I think that for hollow front specifically, like the lyrical content has always kind of been, you know, more like my diary you know my journal my diary or whatever you know it's not, it's not really you know i've never really sat down and be like oh i'm gonna write this song for these kind of people you know it's like i'm i'm writing sitting down and i'm writing lyrics that mean something to me because then i can put as much emotion into them as possible you know it's it's, it's real shit for me um and i mean like my first ep was like all you know i hating on my ex-wife you know that kind of a thing um <laughs> you know, home wrecker and all those. And, and still life by then, by still life, I was, I was over that. I was, a, I was a different person, but I was also still like super, super depressed, you know, and just trying to, trying to figure out where I stood in the world as a single adult human with two kids and trying to do the band thing. And, you know, as so still life was very personal. Um, I mean, every, I mean, loose threads was personal. I mean, I always go personal, but that was probably the last record that I wrote everything um, lyrically. Like everything after that has kind of been like, I'll write a majority of stuff and then Dakota will kind of write his parts based off what I'm writing or vice versa. You know, um, I'll write my parts based off of what he's writing. Well, so we, it's been a lot more collaborative, but it's still like that personal, you know, he's writing stuff from his perspective and I'm writing stuff from my perspective and we kind of mash them together. So we still have that like relatability. We want people to be able to relate to the lyrics and, you know, as well as, you know, kind of interpret them them their own way, but we're still pretty like direct, you know, it's not super metaphorical. What is, you know, cause they always, you always hear the phrase, like, you know, I wrote something for me and then once it's out, it no longer is mine. It It, it is now, you know, everyone else's what has been an interaction maybe you've gotten to have uh, whether it be, you know, in person or online or whatever, where, you know, something you've written, you've had someone explain to you what it means to them. And, and you're just kind of like, Oh shit. Like, cause I, I think sometimes it's not that you don't understand that the, the power of your own words or what they mean or anything like that. But I think that there is this thing where maybe you don't realize what it means, what it can mean to somebody else and the life it takes on once it goes to, to everybody else and their interpretations of things. What, uh, how has that been for you now that, you know, you're probably getting more people reaching out to you and just kind of, uh, saying, you know, Hey, blank song or this lyric or whatever, like, how has that been for you to kind of adjust to and know that people are actually paying attention that deeply to what you're saying? It's, it's, it's tough and humbling at the same time, just because I'm, I, I just feel awkward when I <laughs> people, you know, like, like, I'm just kind of like, uh, like, like, uh, I don't know what to say. I'm just kind of like got to listen. And, uh, you know, it, I, I can think of a, a really good example of one, which, you know, poor guy, if he, you know, if he happens to listen to this or not, I don't know, but he, uh, he, um, he, he took a train seven hours uh, up to Wisconsin to see us from somewhere in Illinois. Damn. 
he took it so and he got on the train came there and he watched us play and then after we played i was talking to him talking to him and he was pretty drunk at this point so uh you'll give him that but uh you know he 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 was going through our song don't fall asleep and Hmm. was kind of like going lyric by lyric you know talking to me about the lyrics you know would say a line and then he would talk about it and you know uh and then he's you know he start he started crying you know and like it was like it was like i don't know what to do like i just kind of was like come here buddy like <laughs> like you know and like i i relate to that pain i just it's hard to do it with someone you don't know yeah um and i feel like some people um they connect to the music so well that they feel like that i that they could just tell tell me anything you know, um, which I, 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 I don't, um, I don't, uh, discourage that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm down to talk to anybody about anything, but after a while, like the songs just become songs to me, you know, like, like performing still life doesn't like, it doesn't throw me into like the, the, you know, emotions like it used to, you know, like now it's just a song, but to somebody else, it's way more than that. So I feel like, like you said, like the song is not mine anymore and it doesn't even feel like mine anymore. Cause I'm not in that same place that I was, but somebody else is in that place. So they're kind of relating to it way harder than I am at the time. And yeah, I, you know, talking to people about that stuff, you know, whether it's their depression or, you know, their, their relations, uh, you know, their ends of their relationships or, you know, suicidal thoughts or anything like that. Like, you know, it, it's tough for me just because I don't know how to, I don't know how to, um, I guess, be um, just openly empathetic, like without feeling like I'm being like, uh, I'm not trying to be fake, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is that, you know, like somebody will come up to me and they'll be like, yo, your your song saved my life. And I'm like, I'm so happy you think that, but I think like you have to give yourself some credit, you know, like, 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 yes, that song probably helped you, but you saved your life, you know, like. I didn't do it. I don't even, you know, we've never met and I'm I'm so happy that you're here. Um, But yeah, so that's that, that type of stuff's hard for me just because I don't, I don't know how to communicate with that with, you know, it's not like somebody that I've known for 10 years. That's what comes up to me like, Hey man, I think I'm going to, you know, I think about killing myself. And I'm like, you know, that person I would, you know, jump off a cliff for, you know, it's right. So it's, 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 it's something that that's been having to get used to. Um, because yeah, people will be open, you know, uh, one time I got a message, it was Thanksgiving and it was like early morning, like 5.00 AM. And the guy was like, my friend killed himself today. And I wanted you to know that you were his favorite band. And I'm just like, immediately like, like that's, that's heavy. Like, and it's like, that takes a lot of courage for someone like to, to just reach out to somebody they've never met before and say that kind of stuff, you know, but at the same time, it's like, that's a lot for me to take on too. You know, it's, it's so it, so it, it's a give and take situation. I, I appreciate all my fans, all the fans. And I appreciate anybody that like relates to me. Like, um, yeah. Well, I think like the thing that's sort of interesting about that. And I've talked about it with some, some different vocalists I've had on, you know, I think, it gets hard because you know, like a a great example, you know, you look at someone like Jonathan Davis 
and you listen to that first corn record or even the first two corn records or honestly a lot of them but i'm going to use the first one as an example and you you hear the song i hear a song like daddy and you're like I've, I've never fucking heard something like this i've never heard someone talk about these things happening to them as a child and i've never i've never heard someone literally breaking down in a vocal booth where you can you can hear it you can feel it like it's it's so tough to to hear something like that but i think the harder part then becomes for everybody who hears that who has shared those same feelings those same same experiences jonathan is now the conduit for my you know I went through this. Let me tell you about the experience I had. Let me kind of burden. I don't burden is kind of the wrong word, but kind of essentially you're, you're getting dumped on with someone else's baggage. And in the most nicest way, it's like, I'm glad that you can, you identified with this thing that I went through or this experience or these Mm -hmm. lyrics or this music or whatever, and you identify with what I'm doing, you know, and and I, I can only imagine how awesome that is. But all I can think of is just like, like you're saying, like, I, I feel like that's the harder part where it's like, I don't want to discourage people from telling people what they mean to them. Or like if someone means mm-hmm. something to you or, or have been helped you in some something, because uh, I think that's great. I think, you know, communicating like that is is great. Um, but I feel like the hard part is, is then what does it do to you? Like, because then it's like, what do you do with, you know, like you're talking like, we'll talk about still life. It's like, okay, like that was birthed by or home record. Like it was birthed by like horrible shit that you had to go through. Mm-hmm. So now people who identify with it, they're constantly coming to you going like, here's the end of my fucking relationship. Let me tell you about it. And you're like, fuck man. Like, okay. Um, that was a lot to take in. Uh, I have no vested interest in, in, in that. Like it has nothing to do with me, but now mm-hmm. I have, I feel like I have a part of, that vested in it because it, it it somehow now is tied to me. You felt that you felt strong enough to tell me about this experience. And now I have to work my way through how I feel about it. I have to kind of work my way through, through both of your, the emotions of the people involved. And I just feel like it takes such an emotional, it has to take such an emotional toll, possibly even physically and mentally toll on you. Cause then it's like, well, now what do I do with it? And I feel like that's that's the part of it where I feel like that would be the hard part for me where I'm like, I especially as an empathic person, where I would be like, I don't have the capacity today for this. I'm having a bad day. I can't take on your shit too. I'm sorry. Like, and it's like, and that would, and that would be how I'd say it too. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just don't have the space today to deal with your, like, not your shit. It's not shit. Like in like, Oh, yeah. you're, bullshit. but it's like, it's so heavy. And like, I know it is, I just don't have the capacity to, to help you or, or deal with this today. And I feel like that would be the hard thing, especially on a two month long tour where potentially every day you're getting that in some capacity, whether it's through online in person, especially in person, I feel like it could be harder. Um, but I feel like that's just, it's, that would be the hard part about that to me. Didn't have trying to deal to with that. Right. I didn't have to deal with that too much just because of the rules with the COVID rules. So I, you know, but there, there were some fans that like, I, I went out of my way to meet, you know, like they, they reached out and they wanted to meet and they wanted to talk and I'm not going to turn those people down, you know, like that, that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of moment that they're going to remember. And they're going to be like, Hey, Tyler from hollow front, like 
spent 30 minutes talking to me or, you know, or, you know, and listen to me, you hadn't, you know, even if I, even if I didn't have much to add to the conversation, you know, but I, I, and not, you know, and it's not always just depressed people that, that come up and talk to me either. It's, well, no, you know, no, 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 no. Aspiring vocalists, like young kids, like that, that, that's honestly like, to me, that's like what I was doing, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago, going to shows and like looking, you know, looking up to vocalists, you know, and being like, I want to be that person. And that, 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 that was something that I was pretty excited about happening on the tour. Um, you know, and not to say I wasn't excited to talk to the other people too, but it was, it was, it was a very like almost out of body experience. Like I, like I just went, you know, went back to my old 14 year old self going to a metal show and being like, Oh, I want to be just like that guy. And I want to do vocals. And you know, that, that it was a super humbling experience, you know, to have anybody, you know, want to take their time to meet or talk to us, you know, any of us from the band, not just me. Um, but it's funny because some people just, some people are just, <laughs> some people are just funny, you know. And it's, it's just like they're not, they're not impressed. They, 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 they know the band, but they don't know it well enough to like. But they'll come to you like, "Hey, man, uh, why didn't you play that one song?" Uh, <laughs> I'm like, which one? You know, the one. You know, the one where you're out in the snow. I'm like. Oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, we're the opening band. We only have so many songs we can play, and we have like fifteen new songs since then. Um, yeah, so yeah, like overall, just you know, I, I, going back to what I was saying earlier, meeting people is my favorite part of touring. I'm hoping that this tour coming up is a little bit more. We're not allowed to hang out the merch table, but we're still we're allowed to hang out outside. You know, so hopefully I'll get to meet more people, meet some people I saw on the last tour. Um, kind of build those relationships with people it's not just it's not just about showing up playing the show and leaving it's about coming back and be like hey i remember you your name's you know such and such and we had a nice long conversation about your aspirations to be a vocalist or your your girlfriend leaving you or you you know whatever is going on like it's how are you that kind of a thing you know yeah um and i think i think that's lost I think that's lost the bigger you get as a band, you know, because it becomes so overwhelming. Like a lot of the bigger bands that, you know, even like not just We Came As Romans, but, or, or the Devil Wars Prada, but other bands we've played shows with, it's like, they don't, you know, they get the meet and greet and that's as far as it goes. Like you don't get to see those people again. And I, I'm trying to relish, I'm trying to relish every moment of being the opening band, you know, just so that I, before it gets to the point where it's like, well, fuck, 300 people want to are staying in line to talk to me and it's like that's never going to work you know because imagine how exhausted you'd be after that and you have to do that every night you know yeah and i feel like a lot of people shit on bigger bands and like they don't even come out and talk to their fans anymore but it's like you don't understand like they're fucking tired <laughs> like they just, played, <laughs> they just played an hour and a half set it's 11 o'clock the venue's trying to close they're, what are they going to do you know they can't just sit around and you know they got to load up they got to leave they got to go to another show tomorrow. And, you know, and I used to be one of those people like, why aren't they coming out to talk to us? And it's, but it's like, I didn't have that perspective as like a, like a national touring band. Like it's, it's a marathon, man. It's like you're and sometimes you're, you don't get good enough sleep cause you're rolling around in a bus. And so, yeah, I'm going to relish, I'm going to relish this small, 
time stuff that I got going on right now, like with meeting people and being able to um, take in all those relationships so that when we're bigger, you know, we can, you know, still have those fans. They come out to every show that we play. You know, something it's funny as you were kind of saying all that, something I kind of was thinking about was, you know, I feel like in this situation, especially in a a bubble uh, of touring right now, I feel like it's interesting to think about how the inner workings of the band has to be. Cause I feel like, you know, like instead of being like, Oh, I can just fucking get away. Cause like Dakota pissed me off today. Like just using him as an example, not saying he does, mm-hmm. but like, oh, he does. They all piss me off. <laughs> uh, but it's one of those where it's like, okay, like I can get to the venue. I'm going to go see this person. I'm going to go do this thing. Like you, you get to get away. Um, but I feel like in light of that and touring right now, I feel like, all you have is each other and that's all you can be around for the most part. How has it been over the last, you know, I'll say more since the last tour, but like, how has it been since kind of you guys are all you have for, for some of that, like kind of personal connection day in and day out. It sucks. No, uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, um, they, you know, like we, we do get time, like, you know, we're, it's not like so bad where we can't take a walk, you know, this, right. you know it's we're, we're not, we're chained to the bus until we play. Um, but we, you know, like, yeah, it does get, it does get like, you know, old, you know, cause people just get on each other's nerves after a while. So, you know, and, but, but you, we, you know, that you're all that you have, you know, even, even if you're friendly with the other bands, you know, they're not like your brothers, you know, you know, they're not they're not the people that are going to be there when your tire blows out or your you know or whatever kind of issue comes along on touring <laughs> those are going to be the people that are in the bus and um no i mean i i think i think every tour we do we always fight like how Front's <laughs> not the band that's like uh you know hunky dory and like all you know smooches and hugs all the time we definitely get on each other's nerves, but it's, it's four, four big, it's four big personalities in a, in a, in a bus, you know? And, um, even though we fight, like we come out stronger every time, you know, cause we've, 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 we've accomplished something that, you know, two, two years ago, we never thought would happen. You know, we didn't think we'd tour with, we came as Romans or, you know, or fit for a King or the, the next tours that we have coming up that I can't talk about. But, um, yeah, like, it's just, yeah, like you said, like, we're all we have. And it, 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 and sometimes it's like, I need my space. Me especially, I need alone time. So, but that's why we have, we have separate bunks. And it's kind of like, if you don't want to talk to somebody, you go to your bunk. And if, you know, they want to talk to you, they can message you and you can message back. But for the most part, if I'm in my bunk, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching TV or I'm just like, you know, scrolling through the interwebs or doing whatever. But yeah. You, you get that time away from each other, but you also get those, you get to experience all the really cool shit together. You yeah. know, all the stops, all the, the hangouts. Like we, we went to the beach with the uh, Devil Wars Prada and like, that was a super fucking fun day. We were just hanging out at the beach. You know, I don't drink or anything really. Um, but they were all, kicking back a couple of beers and, you know, we're just chilling in the waves with the, with a band that, you know, I, I was listening to 12 years ago. Fuck more than that. Fuck like <laughs> 10, 
damn, they're old band. They're all. It's it's funny because they're all my age. Yes, they're all my age, but they're all they've just been doing this way longer. But they were also like seventeen when they started doing it. You know. Yeah, I think I think that's been like the the weird thing, sort of paralleling a little bit. You know, when doing this is, you know, obviously like, uh, you know, Porter from a tree, like being a, a good friend. It's funny because we're friends and like, you know, we'll text, we'll, you know, hang out when we're around each other and all that kind of stuff. But it's weird because like, I I've kind of talked about this weird duality where when he comes through, it's like, it's my friend. I get to hang out with him. I get to see him. I'm excited. And you know, we're, we're the same age. So like we have similar things happening in life. And then it's like, then he plays a show and I'm like, Oh yeah, man, you're the like, granted, technically he was not on the curse, but like, they'll play something from the curse. Like a couple uh tour cycles ago, they did like a 20th anniversary. They played like some deep cuts off of the curse. We like, some played of my, with them at a festival. Yeah, that's right. That, yep. yep. So, but it was funny, like for me where I'm like, Oh my God, this album, this song, this, whatever, like, boom, I'm right back to where I was when I was like, you know, 15 16 17 18 but then it's weird because like there's a guy and i'm like and then he'll acknowledge me and it's like oh yeah that's my friend and then you're like fuck this is weird because like you're you and you're the person i i've gotten to know as a friend but you're still also this person who happens to make music that i identify with mm-hmm. and you've been doing and you've been that that person too for so long that it is kind of weird that you kind of go back and forth with uh with how you deal with it internally. Cause it's, it's just, it's weird. It's not a, it's not a normal circumstance typically for you to meet and become friends with people that you kind of quote unquote know, or have such a, a deep connection to. Yeah. But they don't know you. <laughs> you know, it's very much like with us, with Ryan uh, yeah. from fifth grade King. Like, like I wasn't like, you know, like I like lo- I liked their band a lot, you know, before I met him. And I, you know, I, I sang them at shows and I saw them on with like uh bear tooth and every time I die, I'm pretty sure I had to her. And like, it was like soup that they, they were fucking badass. And I looked I hollow front was kind of influenced by Fipera King, you know? So when he reached out to us, it was kind of like, Oh, like at first I was like, well, that's not real. Somebody's, <laughs> somebody's pranking us or talking, you know, someone's fucking with us. But actually, it turned out to be him. And like over the, you know, we've no, uh, we've been working with him for three years, so I've gotten to know him quite well. You know, it's, you know, I wouldn't say we're BFFs or anything, but um, it, it it makes it even more fun. Like this tour that we got coming up with them in Silent Planet, um, and and avoid uh, knowing that I know everybody in Fitbury King. There's not going to be some weird, awkward like with we came as Romans and them. Like I know their drummer, but I didn't know anybody else. And Dead Wars Prada didn't know any of them. Um, didn't know anybody from day seeker. So it was kind of like, Oh, Hey, like we're hollow front. Like, <laughs> you know, the first, the first couple of days were kind of just like us in the corner kind of being like, is it time to play now? And then, <laughs> you know, we, we'd hop out, play and we're like, all right, run away before we do something that we embarrass ourselves. But with Fiverr King, it'll be a lot cooler. Cause I know Ryan and it, we have, we have had personal conversations and, you know, and I, um, I was actually thinking about your friendship with the Porter earlier. Cause you were telling me he was helping you with, graphics or whatever and yep. i was like it's like damn like i trade you man it just takes me back you know i i to date not to date myself but i bought that cd from kmart um, <laughs> so yeah it's it, it's cool to it's it's cool to like become friends not with i wouldn't say your idols but just people that you admire your scene yeah, yeah your peers that are successful because 
like like Pittsburgh King is a very good example of a band that I would love to be um, on their level success wise. Just you know, they're 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 killing it out there. You know, whether it's with uh, merch or shows or you know whatever streaming and I you know I, that, that that's definitely like having that um that close relationship with somebody that's that um that's um that uh admired in the scene is super cool and he's three months younger than me um so <laughs> um we call him dad we call him band dad but really i'm older than him so yeah i i feel like that's that's kind of the interesting thing like and this is this sounds really braggy and and i definitely don't mean it to come across uh, for those potentially who will end up listening I, I think i think when i say this and kind of prose it back to you i think you're totally going to understand where i'm coming from but i feel like at times you know there has been the success of this show like that you know i was reminded uh, a couple i think about a week ago um that i saw like three years ago we we cracked it or i i guess at this point uh, and it's always been me but like i cracked this podcast cracked like the top 50 uh, or top hundred. I think we peaked out at like 70 or 60 something or 80 something, something like that. Um, but we would like crack the top hundred on iTunes, like for podcasts. And I remember that. And it was crazy. And then like to see some of the successes of like, okay, like, um, you know, Stitcher, like constantly on the charts, there, getting approved for these festivals. It's like, it's, it's as close of a climb and kind of the journey of, success in something that I've always been passionate about, which is music, mm-hmm. but it's the first time I've ever been rewarded for my own hard work and seen the work pay off, but it still feels weird because I, I feel like it's somehow not because of me. Like there's a weird imposter syndrome aspect to it where it's like, well, it's be- like no one listens to the show to hear me. They hear the- they want to hear the guest. I'm just a proxy to what they want to hear. I disagree with you because I think if, if you weren't a good host, if you weren't um, a good talker, then uh, no one would give a shit. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to conversate with these people well enough to make an entertaining show. You know, I've listened to your show many times and I I've enjoyed every one that I've listened to, you know, you've, you've talked to some really cool people that, you know, and you know, I know your formats changed a little bit, but like, um, you know, like, I've, I've gotten to know some things about other, you know, other people such as, you know, like, um, Oh, was it the drum? Is it Patrick from ice nine kills? Is that, yeah. that, I, yep. that was a really cool episode. Um, that was a while ago, but, uh, a very cool episode. And you talked to like people that I've like Damon from a virtue. So I've known him forever. And like, obviously Jim from, for the fond dreams and like getting to hear those people. It's like, Oh, I know those people in real life. And it's like, yeah, but it, yeah. And it's like, you, obviously you've known those people too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you, I think, uh, I think your work ethic is, you know, I think that's, that that's what helps. And this, that's how I feel about hollow friends. Like we, we just continue to do it even if like, Oh, that thing didn't work, but we're just going to keep going and keep going until the next thing works. You know, and I feel like is your perseverance as a, as a podcaster has um, <laughs> definitely shown um, was definitely proven your worth as a podcaster. Yeah. But I think like the thing that's interesting about it is at times, cause this I'm not used to. And this is the part where I feel like it gets interesting is kind of dealing with the, the hate 
kind of at times of either seemingly someone not feeling that I'm deserving of either the platform or the the people I get to talk to or the opportunity. I will say more so the opportunities that I've been given at times. And it's funny to kind of have to deal with it because you're like, look, like I earned, like you said, I earned what I got, whether you feel like I did or not, like that's irrelevant. I fucking earned what I got. But I think the, the hard part for me at times has been when, and it's the unfortunate thing kind of this, this, this industry that eventually you kind of outgrow a certain level uh, as it were, like, you know, when I started the show and I think you and I had talked about this at the time, you know, I very much wanted to be a platform for a lot of local smaller bands, but then I reached out to them and no one wanted to fuck with me. And then I was like, okay. And then I started building a name and kind of having some, some success and some, you know, headlines and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden it was like, Hey, we can, can we do something? Can we do da 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 whatever? And it's like, no. And like yeah, now, yeah. now it's to the point where unfortunately it's like, I, it's almost kind of like you were saying earlier. And like, I I'm sure people potentially will hear it and be like, Oh, what a fucking dick you are. I've heard it. And I hear you realizing the reality of the situation where you're like, I'm embracing what's happening right now because there will be a point where I can't do even what I'm doing now. If things keep going the way they are, someone might hear that and go, what a fucking asshole. You're already like too big for yourself. You got a big head. I hear it and I go, no, you understand that to get where you want to go, you're not going to be able to do that anymore. So enjoy it now. Because mm-hmm. there will be a time if you hit you and succeed with your goals and being goal oriented, you're not going to be able to do it. So and cher- cherish it now. But I also could see people being like, man, like hollow front or I'll put it back on me just to put it on me. He's kind of an asshole because he doesn't support the smaller bands. He's only about, you know, getting the, the bands of this level. And it's like once you hit a certain level of, of what you do, there kind of is that threshold, that that expectation, like doing anything below that kind of devalues a little bit of what you do to a degree. I, I definitely agree. And that's honestly just the politics of this industry. Like, uh, whether, you know, like it's, we've been told many times, Oh, you can't take that show. You know, like that, that's becoming a thing now. Not that we wouldn't play the show. Not that we feel like we're too good. Yeah. We're literally told, Hey, like, uh, this isn't smart. You should play this show instead. Yep. And then you're playing, you know, it's I'm trying to think how to word this without dying like an asshole. Um, you know, local bands are local. They stay local for a reason, you yeah. know, it's mostly an attitude or a, um, a lack of, um, like a lack of work ethic and a lack of, you know, those people that are talking shit about, uh, bands like us, or I don't know, I don't even think anybody is, but I'm just saying this as an example because we're talking like, like yeah. they they don't understand that our position is well, they're like, well, they won't even play local shows anymore, and it's like, well, we're not playing at Mullen, Mulligans ever a fucking again, like that's just never gonna happen. <laughs> if I if I if there's a time where I'm playing at Mulligans again and I'm getting paid in PBR pictures and you know like $60 like i'm just going to i'm going to pack it in because that was us <laughs> 5 years ago yeah. you know you have to grow you have to allow yourself to grow you can't you can't stay playing at you know mulligans or 
what I don't, I don't even know the DAC or whatever. I don't know if that's even a place anymore, but like those, you know, you, you outgrow, like you outgrow those places and that, that just means you're doing well. It's not, it's not because you're an asshole. It's just that you are ascending, um, you know, where to, to be what you've always wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and I think some people are just jealous, you know, whether it's, listeners of your podcast or you know listeners of Holofront or any other band i think people are just jealous and the internet is an easy place for them to talk their shit you know and have no consequences um but there's always haters and uh i don't really try try i i pay attention to the most about it uh to the most of the haters in the band but um i'm i'm, I'm working on you know, namaste and not, not, trying to, <laughs> not trying to let those people dictate my feelings because I'm, I'm actually doing something, you know, it's not like we're, you know, um, you know, playing a festival with 17 bands anymore or whatever they got going on, those kind of shows, you know, um, what? I feel like that that was the thing is and at times I feel like there's a little bit more and I know, I, I don't think I've ever said this to you personally, but um it's one of those where at times I feel like sort of like a virtue, you guys, like I feel there's more of a, 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 a parallel between us. Like I'm not in a band. I'm not touring. I'm not doing half of the shit that you do to, mm-hmm. to make it and be successful. But a lot of the behind the scenes things that has to go into doing this, the, the constant communication with the publicist, the management, the, the, you know, making connects with band people. Hey, I think you should talk to so-and-so. Let me set that up with you. Um, mm-hmm. All those things. That's very similar. That's, that's very similar to what you have to deal with. I book shows. So I understand the, that side of things too. And it's one of those where at times I, I feel like it's funny, like talking to you and Damon now, because I feel like we're all kind of in the same thing where it's like, Oh man, isn't it crazy how like you can't do that? Like, you know, you're talking about a tour you can't tell me about. And I know damn well, like as soon as I hit end on this record thing, like we'll talk about it. <laughs> but, like, but that's because I built up the trust and the equity with you guys. And you know that you can tell me something and I'm not going to, I'm not going to say not. I think I met you like 10 years ago. Has to be like, has to be 10 years ago by now. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, you know, I was just like the little, you know, kid at the shows, you know, I, I've always, I saw you at shows, but we didn't really talk, you know, it's yeah. kind of like that thing. Like I always saw you at every show I went to, but we didn't really talk. Cause you know, you're, you're, you're a little bit older than I am. And I, you know, being that, you know, even like 20, early twenties to mid teens, like you don't, that's a gap, you know, yeah. not, not yeah. like it is now where yeah. you know, I'm early thirties and you're in your mid to, you know, mid, how, what, how old are you now? You're be 38 in September. Yeah, like the gap, it's just different now, you know. So, yeah. um, I fucking forgot where I was going with that. No, you're but, just uh, talking about like I think to get you back on track. Hopefully, you know, just talking about, um, you know, growing up, kind of, and and kind of, I think working hard and and kind of working your way through this industry and kind of understanding. It's a lifestyle. Yeah it's it's something that it's you don't turn it off i'm sure you think about your podcast more than you think about whatever regular job that you have you know yep. it's the, all the time like no matter what job i'm working holofront takes precedent you know like that's that's something that's it's it's, it's ingrained in my blood you know and that's, <laughs> i think that i think that's the difference between the i think that's the difference between um like you and i and damon and you know jim from for the fond dreams the all these people that have seen somewhat, you know, some success 
in the industry, you know, not massive. We're not talking Bremen Horizon success, right? and, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, th- those people have always worked hard and they never given up. Yeah. You know, like, it, and you have, I, I, I've talked to a lot of y- younger bands will hit me up. Like I had one yesterday hit me up and was like, Hey, we listened to my song and give me like brutally honest feedback. And I'm just like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So I listened to, it, I was like songs pretty decent. Like the recording you need to get a better, uh, you know, engineer, you know, and, and then all the excuses started coming, you know, like it was, don't have the money, was, don't have oh, the time, the money, don't have the time, don't have this, don't have that. And this and that and that and that. And I'm like, you're dead in the water, bud. Like you, you, you have to figure it out if you want it that bad, because you're, you're in a sea of a million other bands that are on Spotify and Apple music now. And if their recording's better than yours, your shit's getting skipped. Like it's just, yeah. you, you have to bring your a game and you have to, you have to make it like I've sacrificed so many things, you know, time with my kids, you know, relationships, whatever, to make this dream of mine work. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that kind of, um, that kind of taking it that far. Yeah. You know, and that, I think that's, I think the hard part for me at times, and it's funny cause like <laughs> for as often as this is touted as a, you know, a metal hardcore podcast, I would love nothing more than to take it into R and B hip hop pop, like whatever. Cause like, that's also a lot of the shit I listen to. It's almost like being on tour in a metal band where it's like, yeah, I'm in this, but because I'm in this, I listen to everything, but this, because I'm so enamored with it. I, I need to get away from it. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't listen to a lot of metal. Um, yeah. I, I, I would say I don't stray too far. I go into like nineties rock and like, you know, early two thousands, new metal shit. That's the kind of stuff that I listen to when I'm driving. Um, so it's, you know, new metal isn't super far removed from, it's not, you know, it's not hardcore or metalcore or anything, yeah. but, um, it's still, it's still heavier. But then you get like Devin who listens to like John Mayer and I not, not talking shit about John Mayer. I like John Mayer, but he only listens to three fucking songs by John Mayer. Oh. So I, th- then, uh, so that gets old, but, um, <laughs> every, everybody listens to different shit, you know, like, um, even though sometimes I think when Brandon drives, he always listens to them. I don't think he has any other kind of genre of music that he likes. It's he gets he gets in behind the wheel and it's right on the metal core station. I'm like, Brandon, we just fucking left the fucking venue. I was like, I don't want to hear another breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I'm very much the same. But I think it's also part of my age and growing up, you know, when there was a lot more diversity of what you would hear on pop radio, on MTV, on all those those outlets and so forth. But it's funny because sometimes like I feel like almost a bit of an imposter at times doing doing this, like where it's like I like I mean, I just literally got a T boss tattoo like a week ago. <laughs> and <laughs> it's funny because like some people would be like like I guess actually here's a, here's a fun story. So my wife works at the downtown market, uh, bartending part time, uh, on like weekends and stuff. And she was like, Hey, there's going to be this sneaker ball. And I was like, word, a sneaker ball, like tight, like kind of get dressed up, but the shoe and the outfit all got to oh, like, okay. it's, it's like a whole fucking, like the fit, the, the whole outfit is like, it's a vibe. Like it's, you know, a DJ is going to be there. Like, and I was like, yo, I want to fucking go to that. Like, that's my vibe. And yeah. 
so like today, like I was, I have like a handful of different pairs of like Jordans and, and Nikes and all that kind of shit. And I was like, okay, like how do I want to put my outfit based around my shoes? Like how, how can I put together a really fucking awesome outfit around my shoes? So I was like brainstorming the last like week or so. Then today inspiration struck. I bought an, another Braves hat, <laughs> but this is like a floral print one on the, on the bill. And I don't have anything like that. And then I was like, yo, I got this like Nike women's windbreaker. I bought out in LA uh, or no Vegas. I bought it out in Vegas. Um, like floral print pretty much matches the hat almost identically. And I was like, I know Nike does like floral shoes. I wonder if I can find a pair that somehow matches the tone of like my windbreaker and my hat that I'll be getting. So right now I've, I'm, uh, I found a pair of, uh, forces that have a floral print on the back, like around the, like the heel. I was like, yo, this looks dope. And then I started like screenshotting everything and kind of being like, yeah, all these colors kind of work together. And I was like, okay, all right, I need to buy a pair of like white jeans to like pop the floral, like in everything and like, just kind of show the fuck out. And I got real fucking excited about it. I was like, yo man, I'm like, I can't wait to go to this thing. Like, I know like I'm going to quote unquote be the sore thumb is probably one of the few white people at this motherfucker. But like, I know I'm going to look fucking good. And like, I'm probably going to like, people are going to be like, yo, those are some nice forces. And I'll be like, yeah. And then da, da, da. like, and we can talk about shoes and like shit that I'm into with that. Or, you know, I'm sure like, we'll talk about, hip hop music or whatever. And like something that I'm also equally passionate about, but it's funny because like people look at me and just assume that's not who I am. <laughs> and I feel like I'm constantly having to go through this process of not fitting anyone's stereotype of like, well, you're this. And it's like, fuck, no, I'm not. You yeah. think tattoos like I like hardcore music. Sure. I do like that, but let me sit there and let me tell you about the career of TLC and about how they worked with three different producers on their three f- first records and about how each of the producers brought out something differently vocally from everybody. Let me tell you about something, how I learned on, on crazy, sexy, cool. You know what I learned? I learned that fucking left eye for as much as you think she's just a background fucking person. She is holding down those harmonies. That is really what you're hearing is her harmonies. Let me point them out to you. Like, let me show you how working with Babyface brought out this side of like a cohesive side of the the group. Let me show you how working with Dallas Austin on on fan mail brought out this different kind of more looser side to the band. Um, like, that's the kind of shit I do. Like, I'll I'll apply the same lens in the in the fandom that I have of of hardcore and and metal and and things like that. But then I'll sit there and I'll, I'll apply it to the music that I first really grew up loving, which was R and B and hip hop and and classic rock and hard rock of the eighties. Yeah, man, I I didn't I didn't really get into heavy shit until like Slipknot. So that's like '99. Everything before that was like, you know, uh, hip hop, R and B. Um, obviously, like the classic rock, like you said, like '80s, '70s. Like that's that's what my parents, you know, my parents were listening to that yeah. and like like grunge and stuff like that when I was a kid. So that was kind of like that's why I still stick with that, you know. And I'm I'm always the one that's listening to like. 90s hip-hop you know um r&b boys the men you know any of those kind of you know I, on tour i have my own i have my little playlist from each decade um i i i think it's just uh it's a sign of a well-rounded person like i don't like i i i can't i can't stand those people that are like oh, i only listen to breakdowns <laughs> like 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 i love breakdowns like sure. i i you know and you know i would say that holofront has moved farther away from that kind of a, uh, that kind of a, a vibe. 
but uh, you know I, I i can do a breakdown just like the next guy i, I enjoy it but like sometimes i just want to hear some soulful voice you know singing singing the blues to me man you know i just you know singing their you know, cause a lot of those, a lot of those R and B and like, I mean, a lot of them sing about money and that kind of stuff, but if you really like get down to it, a lot of them were singing about struggle you yes. know, and about, about real issues. And I think that's, that's why I connected with, you know, that kind of a that music, you know, I'm not really a big in, into like the rap and stuff. That's like, you know, I got all this money and bitches and hoes, like that kind of shit. Like that, that never, I liked, you know, like if I listened to rap, it was gangster rap, but they were talking about the streets, you know, they were talking yeah. about, you know, coming up. Well, I think that's why like something when like someone like Jay-Z is so interesting to me. Cause I feel like if you look at the, the breadth of his career between, you know, reasonable doubt, volume one, um, you know, volume two, hard knock life. Like you see the, the growth of what I'll call a boy to a man, you know, and right. he, he learned by probably around, I mean, you look at something like volume two is still kind of braggy about like, I got money, I got cars, I got women, I got, I got fame, I got these things. Mm. And then you started seeing the, the lyrical content kind of being more focused on, you know, like you look at a song like 99 problems, but like, you know, everyone knows the hook, but like, if you really listen to it, it's, it's kind of a very political song. That's, that's why Jay-Z went so well with Linkin Park. Yeah. And then That's it's why, like, like the Lincoln Park collab because they were they 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 Jay Z had something to say. And yeah. I think that you know it wasn't just like, um, you know, and I, I you're way more versed on this stuff than I am. I don't know names and all that kind of stuff, but um, it's just a sign of an artist growing and you know and and pursuing their passion, but at like a elevated level. Well, I mean, I think, and that was what started it. Actually, was me making the comment. <laughs> to like when feeling like when people want to reach out and, and you know and it's not that i don't want people to reach out to me but i like i hate the the i don't think this is a word but i'm gonna make it one uh the discourtesy of like i'll have people reach out and they're like i want you to check out my band review it on your show and i'm like if you've ever right. listened to my show, like, you know, cause they'll be like, Oh, I'm such a big fan of your show. We'd love for you to review the, the album. And I'm like, if you are I such a fan, you would know, I don't do reviews like straight up. Like, I, and like, so a lot of times, like my, my response is exactly like, I'm going to show you the same courtesy you showed me, which is none. And I'm not going to check out your shit. Cause like you, you would know that that's not what I do. Um, but like beyond that, like, I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking sort of of like a Drake lyric um, on, I think it was on So Far Gone. Uh, there's the line where he's like, uh, how does it fucking go? Um, people, something to the effect of like, people reach out to me to help them get back to where they fell from. And like <laughs> that line just like always gets me because like, I'm like, it's funny it to go actually since you have kids you probably will really appreciate this this reference but it's almost like a what is it chicken little i asked for all the help and no one fucking helped me and then yeah. i have i have the thing i asked you to help me make this thing to grow to grow all these crops to do this thing to then end up making the, this feast at the end of the book and it wasn't until the feast was literally in front of you that everyone was like oh well, well, let, well, let, me, let me get some of that and you're like, nah, man, you didn't fucking, you didn't, I asked you to help me at the very foundation, the very beginning of all this shit. And you said, no, 
So now that all the hard work's been put in, now that all like the the the, the quote unquote success 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 is here, now you want to like fucking ride dick? Like hell no. So same thing with people like I've had this a few with a few people that I just you know I didn't like this person. We weren't really friends, and they you know we were kind of you no know, not enemies or anything. Because I never really had those kind of just weren't cordial. It, but like they'll reach out and be like, "Yo, dude, like, will you get me into a show?" I'm like, bro, we haven't talked in like 15 years and I didn't like you back then. So like, uh, I don't know why, like you, you know, it, it's, it's, I and people feel like they have access to you at all times just because you have a, uh, a public persona, you know, but I'm not really super public person. So when these people reach out to me, they're like, Hey, we've never met or we've never talked to him before, but like, can you get me backstage so that I can meet, uh, we came as Romans. Uh no, like <laughs> what do you mean? Like, not only that, we came as drummers would would be like, all right, you're now you're the asshole, Tyler, because you brought this guy back here. We didn't know, you know. Yeah, uh, Punisher. Actually, a funny story. The it's on topic with this guy reaches out to me. He says, "Hey man, uh, I I'm trying to get a test done to get into the show, but." The place I went because that you had to get oh yeah, yeah, yeah gotcha 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 you had to be gotcha. vaccinated or you yeah. had to do a next test and he hits me up and I've never talked to this guy before in my life but I I saw his message so I looked at it and it was like hey man um trying to get into the show tonight um but it's sold out and I I I I I wasn't able to get my vaccination card um, or vaccine in time and I can't get a negative test uh, can you help me out and I'm like you're literally you listed all the things off like you like. It's it's sold out. It's you did you don't have a vaccine. You're not vaccinated, and you <laughs> didn't get a negative test. And you think you, I'm just like well, I'm the open, we're the opening band, man. I was like, you better you got to reach up to somebody somebody higher up than us, you know? Because I you know it's just funny. I think one of my favorites, you know, kind of speaking to people not understanding. I, I don't necessarily want to say how how what we do works, but just I think in general the the industry as a whole. <laughs> There was a random show coming to 20 Monroe and I get hit up by a somewhat close friend and they're like, uh, my friends and I want to go to this show. Is there any way you can get me and like eight friends in? And, but it would be like, I'm trying to think of something remotely like out of way left field that I would be like, okay. Um, it would be like if trampled by turtles was coming and then you hit me up and ask that and i'm like i dude i don't i don't fucking i don't know anyone in the, like in that space i don't know anyone in that band i don't know anybody like no and even on top of that it's like even if i could most of the time the best i can do is like me and bridget and, and like and sometimes that's even a struggle like to like right. it'll be like if you can buy a ticket for her like and you know we give you a pass or whatever like you can bring her back with you or whatever but like no, like that's all we can do is just you. <laughs> and sometimes even that's like not happening. So it's right. like just the fact that people think that again, I think it just kind of goes to this, this lack of understanding uh, the perception of what you've achieved. And I think A like that's sensationalize it too. You know, they sensationalize and think you are like, just because you're on, like just because you you're in this, in the field, like you have yeah. like unlimited power. Yeah. Well, I think the hard part is too, is people. And I I almost feel like maybe it applies to you. And and, and I guess this could be an interesting talking point real quick. 
So like, I feel like people don't necessarily value the work that goes into doing this as far as like, like now the show has changed. It's more of just a conversation. I don't actually have questions. Like, and I'm not sitting here going like, okay, I'm talking to Tyler from hollow front and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm not doing that anymore. Cause like I, it's, it feels disingenuous and, and I feel like you don't get as much out of the person, but I feel like people don't understand the work that goes into doing this. Like I was talking about earlier and I feel like that's the thing. There's all the shit you don't see that I do that I have to like deal, like not deal with, but like that I, I do every day to, to put out a weekly thing mm-hmm. and it's work. And oh, it's, forward. it's one of those where I, I feel like it's like people don't understand that or, or they devalue the work that you have put in to get what little bit of hookups or a little bit of whatever success, whatever you want to call it. Like, because you can, you can kind of parlay those all together. Well, I get these hookups because I'm quote unquote successful in this thing because I've earned it. I had to earn these things. And I think that's the thing everyone kind of forgets at a certain point is they just assume that like, well, you just get these things. So like, fuck it. Like I should get what you got. And it's like, Oh man, like I had to work for this. Like, yeah, and even then, you still don't. It's, it's not like uh, you know, you don't get a key to the kingdom. You know, it's you know, it's it, people. That's why they have like a distorted view of what's really happening. Like, you know, they're like, you know, it's they only see us for thirty minutes of the night. You know, they don't they don't see the other fucking twenty three and a half hours of the day <laughs> that we're that we're doing. You know, because tour even when you're on tour, you still don't get to stop doing the work, and it just gets harder because you're tired and you're. You're, you know, you're, you keep switching time zones every other fucking day. And like, you just, you know, and you, you're missing family. You know, I miss my kids and it's like, there's, there's a lot to touring and like that kind of, that's not just playing the show. Um, and people don't really get it. They think, you know, oh, you're just up there for 30 minutes. And like, that must be the easiest job in the world. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind just a speaking- way more fulfilling job. Yeah. Speaking to your kids a little bit, because I know they're they're older now. How has it been to have, you know, I was talking about this with Steve earlier from Wolves of the Gate. You know, he's like I said, he's got twins that are five. Excuse me. And, you know, even talking to Brian from Shadows Fall, you know, his kids are older now and they play those reunion, excuse me, play those reunion shows. And, you know, he, he got to bring his kids out and kind of be like, we're at the, the Worcester at the Palladium. Like all these people came like this is what daddy did. I played there and that place is sweet. I still want to go there. That's one of the few, although the masquerade really let me down. <laughs> I went to the masquerade. I was like, man, this place actually kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, I think that's like a new venue too. Like they used to be somewhere else. I don't no, know. I, I think what they did was they, they renovated it. Cause I saw uh, some old photos and I was like, Oh, it looks like they gave it a good facelift. Um, mm-hmm. But I like, it was, I didn't think it was terrible when we, that was one of the nicer venues we played, but the, the uh, the Palladium was pretty fucking awesome. It's you know twenty six hundred people. Yeah, it looks from watching like all the old Kill Switch videos and so, or the Kill Switch DVD. It's like it just looks like a great venue for to see a show in. But like sometimes like when you go to some of these other places and see some of these venues, you're like, ah, shit, like that actually was a letdown or this isn't as cool as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but I was going to say like, how has it been? You know, your kids are older now. And, like, how has it been to kind of, I guess maybe experience what you're going through and and i think outside of like the detroit run on the the we car uh tour i don't think you've i mean you did the headline show here in, in gr but like mm-hmm. 
you know, something on like a tour that big, like, you know, getting your kids and bringing them out and kind of letting them see like what you do from kind of your perspective, like maybe the state. They they haven't seen me live yet, to be honest. Um, Oh, really? Yeah. It just hasn't really, you know, like with school and whatever, and just hasn't really. And with the pandemic, we didn't really want to bring them to the show. And it was just, so they haven't got to see me yet. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping next time we do a headliner, um, it won't be at the stash that it'll be like at elevation or somewhere with a, with somewhere with a side stage where my kids aren't, you know, in a big crowd of people that are, you know, moshing and stuff. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's tough being a dad and being doing music, you know, like it's, uh, you know, you, you're torn. Yeah. I'm a lot more torn than the other guys in the band because they don't have those kind of responsibilities they don't have two little human beings that rely on them, you know, for emotional and physical support. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, a, it's, I think I've adjusted well, my kids have adjusted well. They're, they're really good with me being gone. You know, my youngest is, my youngest is still at the age where he's, you know, he's like, I don't want you to leave, you know, or when are you ever coming home? Kind of a thing. Like, yeah, like, you know, a, a month to him is like a year, right. You know, whereas, my oldest is kind of like, yeah, my dad's a rock star, you know? <laughs> I just feel like it, it would be interesting, you know, like that was the thing I was talking to Steve and, and even Brian and some other people, like I don't have kids. I'm never going to have kids. Um, but it is one of those that I, I understand that kids can allow you as an adult to see things through their perspective, their eyes, their, their, the way they see the world. And I feel like at times where, you know, especially someone who's like, and I'm not saying that like you haven't done this for a long time. Um, you haven't done it at a long time at the level you're level. doing. Yes. Right. So to me, it's like a lot of this is like you said earlier, this is still fresh. It's still new to you. So it's, it's still exciting to you. So you're not jaded, but it does make uh, me yeah. wonder. <laughs> it does make me wonder if it will ever get to a point where it would just be kind of, I feel like it'd be cool to be like, this is what I fucking do. Like, here's like, cause you may not do it. Like you, you may only do hollow front. You may only tour at this level for like five years and then like just shit might be done. Like is what yeah. it is. Who but knows? Like, that's, that's the thing with this industry. You never fucking know. <laughs> yeah. But it's one of those, like, or I feel like that would be like the one fun thing. Like if your kids are old enough to at least get to see you and have the memory where it'd be like, yeah, I remember like when my dad was in this band, he, he like got to do this or like yeah. we went to, because like to you and I, like, yeah, the palladium is, is fucking, it's a, a piece of like legacy in, in, in uh, as far as venues go and stuff like that to anyone else. It's just a fucking room that people play in. Um, but I feel like to have and see the touring world through kids eyes, I think would be crazy. Like the only perspective I have of what I feel like it potentially could be like was when going to warp tour, one of the last warp tours and getting like an all access pass and getting to like watch like, okay, like here's a big stage, but it's split in half and you have band A playing, band B is tearing down and they got that 35, 40 minutes to tear down the stage or tear down that band, set up the next one, sort of low-key sound check. And then as soon as this band's done, boom, this one's ready to go. Now we're loading all that shit into the truck. like, mm-hmm. And just seeing the work that goes into it and seeing the the the... Actually, I think another great example sidetracking for a second is when I got to, I was reviewing the under oath reunion tour when they were playing define the great line and uh, whatever. That's a good tour. Um, 
but last minute my pub uh the publicist was like or the editor was like hey our camera guy can't get there like can you take photos and i was like uh all i have is my iphone <laughs> i was like but i'll i'll do the best i can and at one point i was like well i got this fucking photo pass so like i'm gonna go down there i'm gonna try to get some photos and it was crazy to me to be in the the pit between the band and just feeling this volleying of energy to like see the band going off see like literally the front row and and the whole orbit room you know going ape shit during these songs and just i was there i was in the back though yeah being right in the middle of it was crazy and it's like that was like when i think about kids going to shows i feel like the work tour experience of seeing like a sea of people like that and kind of just seeing everything that's happening like it's interesting to me i can only imagine like in the imagination and the eyes of a child like what is that and then, like I said, go into that under oath show and being right in the middle of the crowd and the band. And you're just catching both energies of like both. And you're just caught in the middle of it. It's like, I would imagine as a child that that is just fucking magical. Cause like you, you don't have the understanding or capacity to explain that to anyone. It just, it's a feeling. And I feel yeah. like kids are, are very in the moment. So to me, I feel like to, to be able to kind of share this, this journey with your kids, I think would be interesting uh, to kind of, see what it's like from them and kind of see what they say to you. And uh, if it kind of energizes you a little bit where you're like, Oh man, that like totally made this worth it. Like the long drives, the, the, the distance and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's tough. Cause I, I do see like people bring their kids to the shows and it's like, well, my kids didn't get to come, man. I wish my kids were here, you know, but I, I I'm more excited to, for them to see hopefully whenever COVID really, you know, fucks off finally. Um, to be able to come backstage and to meet like other band members, you know, from other bands that we're touring with. And, you know, hopefully it, by then we're at, we're at, you know, whether it's a year from now or two that we're at a level where it's like, you know, they, they, they got to skip all the shows where I was playing for 10 people <laughs> and um, they get to actually come to real, real venues with real, like actual, you know, treat, you know, they treat the bands good. It's not like you're playing a, you know, a dive bar where they're like, all right, you played, here's your 50 bucks. Fuck off. <laughs> um, yeah so you know it, you know i that's something that i'm like every time we play around here i'm like man wish the kids could be here but and then i'm always like this this and this is happening and it's like it's it's tough when you're playing rooms that are like like the stash or you know because that's not really a kid it's not really but, a kid-friendly venue um no. even there were kids that are at our headliner but I don't, I, me personally, as a parent, I'm not like throwing my kid in the mosh pit and stuff, you know, like a, a baptism uh, by fire. Just uh, throwing them. <laughs> well, this one kid, he was, he was, he was crowd surfing and he crowd surfed right onto the stage. And then he stood up there for an entire song and we were headbanging. And, you know, I was, you know, putting the mic in his face. And then at the end, he was still standing there and I'm like, uh, uh, whose parent? Who's the parent of this child? You gotta go, uh, bro. <laughs> come get this child. I was like, "Thanks for coming up." Uh, where's your mom? <laughs> That's funny. And my kids, you know, like my oldest son. It's weird because, like, I was at his age. I was. That's all I did was listen to music, and he just doesn't. It's just kind of weird, it's, you know. And I've tried to, like, you know, and I, you can't force your music taste on your kids, which is, you know. Um, but I'm like, man, listen to some music or something, man. My youngest son, he, he likes music, but it's all weird YouTube shit you know, <laughs> that I don't understand. 
Um, so yeah, that, you know, they're not the, they're not the most musical. Um, so they're not, they, they don't really, I don't think they get it cause they've never seen me play. So yeah. hopefully that, hopefully that in the near future, um, we're hoping to do, um, cause our new album is coming out. Um, and you know, later this, or middle of the year, and I'm hoping to have like a big headliner at like elevation or something. And that'd be cool for them to come see. Cause that would be a really big show. Um, yeah i think uh i think that's i don't know to me that's just the fun thing of it is and i I know you know like when we went to go see barrett's youth uh here in town i took a photo i was at the bar and so 20 monroe has like the the mirrors uh behind the bar as well as the tv so that way if you're there you can still see what is happening literally just at a quarter of a turn away from you (laughs) but it was one of those i happened to look over at the bar and I saw a kid like on his dad's shoulder on someone's shoulders. Right. And then I saw like Caleb and it was just like a whole thing. And I was like, and I couldn't get it the same way, not from the mirror. So I went to the bartender real quick and I was like, Hey, can you pull this like one bottle down out of my way? And they're like, what? And I was like, just pull that bottle for me real quick. And then I took the photo and then someone's like, what are you doing? And I sent the, I showed them the photo. I was like, I saw this kid, but like, I can only see it from this perspective through this mirror, like projecting this way. Cause otherwise, like I, it just, it didn't look the same. Like it looked, it almost looked like Caleb and him are like side by side, like basically side by side. And it was like the kid, like, you know, doing one of these. And I was just like, Oh, that's really cool. Like it's funny. Like for as much as I'm like, yeah, kids, no, I don't want any. <laughs> Sometimes like I still, I still love the, you can appreciate you can appreciate it but uh you don't want them to run around and you know shit all over no uh yeah i don't blame you you know it's it's being a parent (laughs) tough um i I tell most of my young single friends not to do it um (laughs) not because i regret being a dad it's just because man it makes your whole life so much more like you just have so much more to worry about and think about and um plan and when it's not just about you anymore, it's about them. And, but you also have to prioritize yourself as well. Like, you know, like I'm sure a lot of people are like, Oh, why is Tyler still doing that band thing? He's 31. He has two kids and you know, what is we, you know, what a shitty dad or whatever, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure there's somebody out there that has that thought. I mean, that's just my own insecurity. Um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. Cause you, you have to sacrifice time with your kids to do what you want. And when you don't have kids, you, you don't have to sacrifice any time because your time is your own. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always said that I'm, I'm selfish and I want my own time. <laughs> you have a dog, though, and that's pretty close to having a kid. Yeah, don't say that to people with kids, though, because they don't agree with you. <laughs> so many people are like, it's not the same them. at all. Yeah, you got to pick up after to, them. Yeah, yep, you let them go outside to go shit. Wait, oh, wait, no, I'm not supposed to say that. No, yeah. uh... <laughs> no, I let my kids use the toilet. Don't don't crucify me, internet. Um, no, yeah, you feed them out of bowl. Yeah, you know, yep. no kids. Kids are you know, and I think that um, it's it's weird because there's a lot of musicians that don't have kids, but then you meet the ones that do, and it's like you automatically have a deeper connection with that person because yeah. they know they know exactly like the loneliness that you're feeling or like, you know, the disappointment that you can feel in your kids when you're looking at them on, on Skype or, you know, I'm not Skype anymore. We don't Skype anymore. We zoom when we zoom and, and, you know, and they're like, when are you coming home? And I'm like, well, it's like four weeks away, bro. 
and they, you're sad, you know? And it's like, yeah, so like, yeah. God, you're uh, a dumb little shit. You don't know how to look at a fucking calendar at this point. <laughs> you can't read? Oh. God, what are the teachers teaching you? I'm glad I'm away from you, you idiot. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. no. I, I, I struggled pretty hard the first couple, like the first week of We Came as Romans, because it, it, it was it was a totally different ballpark than anything we've I've ever done, you know, and same with everyone in the band. It's like we went from playing, 50, you know, shows with 10 to 50 people to shows with a thousand people. And the pressure is just immense that those first like those first like five days, it was just like so much pressure to perform and to like because you're not only performing for your yourself and the fans you're performing for these bands that you know that are like legacy bands you know we came as romans and devil wars Prada, those are legacy bands <laughs> you know I, those first couple of days i was like i don't know if i can do this i was like <laughs> i don't know if i have this in me i was like i miss my kids i feel you know i feel like guilty about that and um but at the same time it was like once things started to roll it's like oh okay now now i'm i'm getting into the into the mode of this is what i want to do it's a job like it's just like yeah. it's just like anybody that travels for work you know um you just have to be in constant communication with your family if you want you know to still have some kind of a relationship you can't just <laughs> disappear for a month and a half and you know yeah absolutely um lastly you know kind of just in because i don't want to take up too much more of your time and uh full transparency i gotta pee um yeah, I'm waiting on Horizon uh, Forbidden West to download, so <laughs> about to play that all night. There you go. What uh, what are you know? What are you most excited? You know, you got this new record. I know you guys uh, went down, recorded it. Like I, I, I talk about how that's the weird thing is like you guys are excited about shit that you've already done. You've been writing. You've you've lived these songs already. And by the time we hear it, like it may be a year, year and a half after you've yeah, you really been a year. Yeah, it's been a year since we recorded it. What are you most excited for people to take away from this new record that no one's heard really, other than the few singles that are out? Um, I think it's just the uh, the maturity of the band and just like the growth that we've continued to grow. And kind of, we're not we're not we're not a band that's trying to please anybody. We're just writing music that we really enjoy and love and. Like it doesn't matter that there's not a breakdown in every song, you know, like, that's, um, I just, you know, I, I'm excited for people to hear just how much heart and soul we put into it, you know, cause I, we always do that with every record, but it's, it's, this is a different level. This is what our last record was, but elevated to the three levels above it. In my opinion, I just bashed my elbow on the desk. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, it, you know, and it's, a it's, still scary like I, it's, just like, it's, it's just like with still life i'm still scared like every new song we release i'm like fuck are people gonna like this are they gonna and you know are, is this the last thing we're ever gonna release but i don't I, you know i don't have that much of a fear this time around i know just from the 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 people that liked our last record i know that they're gonna like this new record and i think it's just gonna draw more fans in and um i'm just ready to release it you know i've been we, you know I, sitting on music like that for so long is sucks. <laughs> so bad because everyone's like it, you know and that you'll get those entitled people in your dms be like hey like uh you should share a song with me i'm like uh dude i'll get sued 
Like, <laughs> this isn't like this isn't you know this isn't what it used to be. I can't just show people shit anymore. Yeah. Um, I used to have like a whole ring of people that I showed our new stuff to, and now I can't do that. You know, for legal reasons, because if it leaks and it gets back to me, then uh, big trouble for me. How do you um, think I feel with my email? Like I've talked about doing. You know what? Actually, hold on. I'm gonna go pee because I'm gonna be really quick. <laughs> all right, hurry. You go pee. Yep, I'll be right back. Walk it's hot in here. It is warm in this room. I've been holding that in. So obviously, you know, I work at a bar, so I work at anchor and all of us in the last week or so have been going and getting anchor tattoos. Oh, that's so, so I went and got an anchor tattoo, but I've had to pee since I went to go do that. And I've just been what holding it in. Why don't you pee before you started this? Cause I was on the phone with somebody else for a hot minute. And then I was like, all right, well I got to get off this phone call and then go do this. So it was just, just like, gotta one get of those, yourself a bucket. Oh, shit, right? I guess like one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I assure. I assume. Well, no, because you can you can pee on buses. You can't do number two on buses unless you bag it, hot bag it. That that would be ter- That would just be a disaster. Wait, it's, it's bad enough trying to pee when I'm moving cars. <laughs> I can't imagine trying to take a shit. <laughs> well, I feel like anyone who has to shit on a bus always has to like have the worst shit ever. <laughs> it's not like a solid where you're like, all right, this is gonna be a solid poop. It's gonna be like the most runny, shitty shit ever. Where you're like, it's not gonna be contained to a bag. Like, there's no way. <laughs> Luckily, this has never been an issue for us. <laughs> I hope I'm, I'm hoping and praying that that's not an issue. On oh, it, you know, eventually if you tour enough and go in buses, it's going to have to happen one time. I don't like my bandmates will not pee in bottles and shit. I don't. What? Give a fuck. Yeah, I don't give a I don't fuck give either. A, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm not. They're like, you just piss in a bottle. Like, yeah, exactly. Like they don't get it, man. <laughs> you don't. they don't get it. It's fucking I, I drove all night. I've, I've got like three hours of sleep. I don't want to get out to go to the bathroom. There's a bottle there. I'm just going to piss and then go back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a uh, I don't know. It's it's so interesting that like there would be times like, you know, because my wife and I drive quite a bit to go to shows all over. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, she'll be like, I got to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to be like, <laughs> just here yeah, you go. I mean, get her one of them shiwis, you know? Yeah. 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 She can pee in the bottle. Yeah. I don't think she would do that even still. I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise it. It'd probably be a mess. (laughs) I mean, it's always, I I don't know. I think, I think 
touring in any capacity is just a mess of smells and body odor and just foul yeah, luckily, shit. luckily the planet fitness has become like the main like savior for touring bands you know we all we all we have enough uh guest passes and black cards that we can get in and take showers we can shower every day you know i feel like people are just band people are just jerking off in those motherfuckers that's why you gotta wear sandals. It's <laughs> probably why I have why I have some foot fungus going on right now. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. Yeah, I and I don't. I don't shower. I try not to shower next to Devin. Oh yeah, um, yeah, because he's young and raring to go all the time. You know, <laughs> the young kids. Uh, well, yeah. So, uh, good. No, I just yeah, I was just making jokes about Devin being a <laughs> chronic masturbator in the shower at Planet Fitness. Hey, he's getting those extra reps in. <laughs> It keeps his wrist, you know, the drumming wrist. There you go. Strong. Yeah, that's how he's able to pull off those uh, blast beats on occasion. Yeah. See, yeah, uh, Planet Fitness, though, like, I don't don't like venue showers. They're gross. And most of the time, even even if they're nice, they're gross because they've had 20 people in them that, that day. And it's like, I know, I know there's probably more people that there might be more at Planet Fitness, but I don't see them coming and going, you know, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Out of mind. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You just be like, oh, I don't know who was in here before, but I got my slippers on. I'm not touching the walls or anything. I'm just, you know, and you can take a longer shower. You're not, you're not worrying that the, the, the dudes from Devil Wars Prada, well, that and the dudes from Devil Wars Prada or something, you know, like a band that's, you know, like a bigger band, like they want to shower you're like i'm trying to get the fuck out of here because i don't want them to be like that fucking guy from holofront in the shower for a fucking 20 minutes well that's when you just are like you see all of this <laughs> yeah yeah my hair is long but i gotta put it up you know i only yeah. bring it out for the metal <laughs> i yeah yeah that's fun <laughs> i think that would be the hardest part for me of, of touring is like because i like to be relatively clean so like i just don't think i could not shower plus i i am one of those people who you can tell when i haven't showered and like eat. my hair for whatever reason just gets super fucking greasy and, and so does like my face and shit same as mine too so it's, it's like bad. if day i two, after day two i'm just like oh fuck there there have been times my wife literally will look at me and go when's the last time you showered and i'm like yesterday and she goes oh you should go shower <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like okay it looks like a little moist I, yeah that's a word that's a word people don't, don't like it's so weird um no i so kind of uh one of the last questions i, I kind of had for you you know yep. i talked about you know what are you looking forward to with with putting out this new record um the tours it's gonna get us that's another one hopefully the really big tours that's what i'm hoping for what is what is something because you know i feel like when I say this, it's not a slate. A lot of people will probably look at the success that you've had so quickly. Quickly. Yeah. What what is the last couple of years meant for you in spite of the probably decade or so before of the work that you put in and kind of seeing where you're at and where you want to be? Hmm. I think I think of this through for a second. Um, I've had a couple beers, so maybe that question didn't quite make sense. But no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm just trying to think of a succinct, succinct way of saying it. <clears throat> um, I think that 
all those years of being, cause I, you know, Holofront's my 12th band. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, um, you know, all those failed projects before taught every single one taught me something. Mm-hmm. And when I got to Holofront, I didn't take it seriously at first. And then it kind of decided that I need it. The internet decided that it was serious. So I, then I had to start taking it serious. Um, I think it, I think it, I think all those years of failure and now the, the, you know, and I, I say success loosely cause I don't, we're successful, but we're not like, we're not there yet, you know, and then we're not where I, I think there's always, always want more, you know, always want to get bigger. Yeah. Um, but I think that it taught me that this is, you know, this is just who I am. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to do with my life. Um, and now that I actually, I actually have the chance to do it, so I can't fuck it up. Um, because you know, I don't have an, I don't have a backup plan, <laughs> you know, to music. It's that and go, or go back to just working 40 hours, 50 hours at a factory, which just who the fuck wants to do that? It's miserable. You're miserable. Yeah. I'm sure there's some people that really like that kind of life, but that's just not me. You know, yeah. waking up and punching a clock, like, this bit this 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 opportunity it's an opportunity it's not i don't consider it success yet it's just an opportunity Mm. and um to do the things that i've always wanted to do at a level that i never i mean i dreamed of but i never thought was a reality Mm -hmm. um because after i after we get off i'll tell you about that tour that we're doing that's like holy shit you know it's (laughs) like you know like it makes the other tours that we did last two ones like makes them look just on a scale smaller, you know, and it, that's how I just want to continue to prove ourselves to not only fans, but people in the, in the music industry that we're worthy um, and that we are, we're hardworking and that we, um, that we're here to stay, you know, mm. it, this isn't a gimmick. It's not a, this isn't a, uh, it's not a flash in the pan. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not something that we've, we're just like trying to be out rock stars, you know, partying and, you know, that we're an actual legit business, you know, that's trying to grow and sustain the livelihoods of four to five people, Mm. you know? And, um, so all those years that I, I basically played for 10 people (laughs) was just, you know, one big long practice. (laughs) So, and now, now we're at a level that it's like, it's, it's unreal. Still, it's still unbelievable. Um, and yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. I think that's a, a good place to end. It's, uh, it's been fun chatting with you. Like I said, it's, it's a little bit self-indulgent on my end, uh, just due to hitting a lot of milestones over the last, like very short amount of time and looking back at, like I said, where we were literally in this room talking Three about, talking about, you know, what you were excited for, what you were hoping for, and to see where you've taken your career uh, as Holofront, as a vocalist, as as just a person, uh, has been really interesting. And, and, you know, I don't say this lightly, but inspiring to see because it, it's one of those things where, even though, like I said, we're not in the same we're not both bands. We're not like paralleling each other. I do feel like there is a parallel and it, it's nice to see someone like yourself, like, you know, the virtues, like the, you know, Jim, you know, even doing what he's doing with real, like real estate. It's mm-hmm. nice to see people locally for me 
who have success and are still kind of hungry and still kind of creating their own opportunities and knowing that it's like, yeah, man, we, we fucking did that. We are putting our area on the map in our own way. We're doing something when a lot of people talk about doing what they want to do and don't fucking do anything. And to me, it's like, that's inspiring to me to be peripherally involved in something. Um, and so like, I, I appreciate the time tonight and just kind of getting to reconnect and, and talk more than we get to, because usually when we see each other, it's like, we're both getting pulled in, in opposite direction right. due yeah, to absolutely. other people wanting, wanting our time and, and just getting to hang with people. So uh, I was looking forward to this for that reason alone, just to kind of, you know, pick your brain and bullshit with you for a little while. Oh yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, in you know, three more years, hopefully we're massive and we'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it at uh we'll, we'll be backstage at a festival bullshitting about like, remember when we did this in your fucking house and how lame was that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like, I liked that. It was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. Equally, this was as well. Uh, thanks again. So that was my conversation with Tyler from Hollow Fronts. Uh, again, want to thank him for taking the time. Uh, you know, we had to figure out a time that worked uh, before tour rehearsals were kind of really overtaking his life, uh, and also uh, time for myself because uh, I've been busy with house projects, as you have seen probably on socials and all that kind of stuff. Uh, no one tells you that when you buy a house that all of a sudden you're just like, you know what would be great if we did this to the house or if I bought this or I need to do this. Um, so it seems like the projects never end. Um, but that said, uh, at this point, Tyler, like I said, is out, uh, with hollow fronts. Uh, some of the tours the band has coming up are going to be great. Uh, I think you're going to be surprised with some of the things, but more importantly, uh, hollow front is just hitting the road hard. They just put out a new single comatose, um, you know, this is a band that kind of is, is seemingly doing all the right things. Like we, we had talked about in the conversation, you know, not making any missteps, uh, taking the opportunities when they arise, learning from those, uh, who are in a position to teach them. You know, I think having Ryan from fit for a King, uh, as their manager, I think is a great thing. And I think obviously, you know, he's seen a lot of different things in his time in the industry, so he can kind of help them maybe navigate and get around some of those growing pains. Um, but it sounds like by all accounts, you know, the band is really, uh, really taking to heart the things that they're doing, you know, I, and I, I do want to take a moment too. I know that part toward the end where Tyler says, you know, I, I'm, I want to take the time to, to make these memories and, and go out into the crowd and hang out and talk to people while I still can. I know that there are probably going to be people who listen to this and be like, what an arrogant prick. And I know I even stopped in the chat and kind of addressed this, but I, I just really want to hammer home the point of, I don't think that that's really being egotistical. I think that that's really, that's really understanding that as a goal oriented person, where you are now and where you want to be and understanding that you have to enjoy the journey you're on and be present for it. Because if you don't, then all that's going to happen is if you end up having that success, then you're going to turn around and then be like, fuck, I wish I would have done these things. I wish I would have appreciated more of this time where I was kind of on the on the come up and so forth. And to me, I, I think that's actually a really commendable thing and, and really an honest and sincere thing that Tyler said about the process that he's going through. You know, like some people will look at Tyler and, and Hollowfront and be like, oh, you guys fucking made it. And 
compare it to where Tyler and almost everyone in the band has been, yes, they have made it. They made it out of the local scene. They made it out of touring regionally in the, like the three conjoined states next to Michigan. But if you want to be more than that and you want to be successful in this industry, you have to keep looking forward. You have to keep setting these goals and you have to understand that that's not all there is, is what's literally in front of you. You have to keep looking forward. And I think for Tyler, and I'm going to assume the rest of the band is the same way. I genuinely do think that that is a really healthy way to look at it. Um, so again, I, I just want to commend him for, for saying it and, and just understanding it. Cause I don't, I don't think people, when they hear it, I do think there's going to be a lot of what a fucking asshole. <laughs> um, so I really do hope you understand, uh, even now as I'm reiterating it, why it's actually kind of really cool to, to understand that he understands that. Um, all of that said, let's start wrapping up this episode. Uh, we talked long enough and the intro was kind of long enough. So if you would like to keep up with Hollowfront, you can find him on Facebook and Instagram at Hollowfront, Twitter at Hollowfront Band, and you can find Tyler on Instagram at Tyler Tate underscore HF. And uh, again, yeah, look for some new music coming out for them. The, the full length is coming out soon. Uh, you just have to keep waiting for that. And uh, just go bang the songs they got out. Comatose is out. You know, we still have the Still Life EP if you want to go way back and hear that. Fuck it. Go back and listen to our first chat with them. Uh, it, it is funny to hear how nervous Tyler was to hear people's receptions uh, to what was then kind of a new sound uh, from him vocally and all that. Uh, so I enjoyed that. And uh, as for me, uh, something I actually want to talk about, I want to talk about, you know, thanks to Scott Bowling from Good Company for Bowling. Uh, he sent me out a couple of uh, cans of the Beauty School Pilsner from Deftones. Uh, if you don't know, I collect all the Deftones beers. I have most of them. I save two, and then usually I have a couple to drink. Um, so right now I've been enjoying the couple extra cans I've have of this. And it's kind of funny because most everything that Deftones has put out has been more of the stouts, porters, ales, and stuff like that. So this is kind of one of the first more, I'll call easy drinkers, uh, that they put out. And it, it I'm going to say this, this might be my favorite just for that alone, just because you can drink this and, and it's not overwhelming. Like when I'm done with this, like 16 ounce can, I could drink another one and be like, all right, let's, let's keep these going. Um, I could actually see this being something that gets a wider release and could actually stay around year round as opposed to being more of a seasonal release like the rest of them. Um, this is definitely for a band beer who's played around with different flavors as, as the Deftones have. Uh, to see something be so easily drinkable instead of trying to be so far down the craft beer world or, or like down the craft beer rabbit hole of like it's crazy flavors, it's it's these things. Uh, to do something so well and execute it so well with just an easy drinker uh, is really commendable and really awesome. And, and I kind of hope, like I said, that this is something that kind of stays around uh, and becomes just a regular production beer. Uh, I think it is that good. Uh, and the graphics on the can are, are very striking too. Uh, I know it's just a face and some lips and stuff like that, but it just it's a very clean design uh, for a very clean beer. Um, so... If you're in the distribution area of this, I would strongly recommend picking one up. Uh, it has been a very surprising 
beer for me out of out of all the Deftones beer and all the band beers I have. Um, so that is my recommendation. That is what I'm drinking currently. And uh, for the Brutally Speaking podcast, if you would like to keep up with us, simple enough, brewspeakpod.com on all the socials. I am kind of working on a TikTok thing. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but it's brewspeakpod over there as well. Uh, add me, I guess. I don't know what the fuck you do on TikTok. I'm just probably going to post random things. Uh, over there, you know, podcast clips and maybe me working on the podcast. I don't know. I don't know what people want to see. So hit me up, email me brutally speaking at Gmail and let me know what you think. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, rockabilly.com on point palmade bean bastard. If you go in the show notes, or if you listen to the show all the way in the beginning, you heard the promo codes, that'll save you some money. Uh, you can see those there too. So for the Brutally Speaking Podcast, I am John, and I will see you all next week with a really fun chat with JT from ERA. That was a fun one. We kind of go all over the place. We talked about uh, doing shipped uh, as a job between the two of us. That's actually how the conversation started and uh, was a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to getting that one out to you. So until next week, enjoy the rest of yours, and I'll see you then.